0: you want my body and you think i sexy come on shorty let me know let me know boy
1: you're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast it's only because a nigga bless welcome
0: back to black old couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of vicariously merlin we'll be covering episodes four and five of season three these episodes were pretty well directed and written I enjoyed them for the most part, but you know, it's Merlin, so there's always something to side eye here or there. But overall, I think this is one of the pivotal, a few of the pivotal episodes that are tying into the larger Arthurian type of mythology. And the first begins with Gwen, episode four who is a much more attractive version than that god-awful show Kirsch tried to present to me. This episode premiered October 2nd of 2010, written by Julian Jones, directed by David Moore. I gave this episode an 8.7 out of 10. We'll just go ahead and jump into the recap as I did some housekeeping last episode uh, that I recorded anyway. So once again, this season is exploring Camelot past the woods and the castle itself and the grounds and the town and I like that. As Merlin and Arthur head to a local tavern for meat after a hunt, Arthur goes in to mingle amongst his people because he is a simple man and that is how he should be treated. And it's moments like this where, yeah, they do show Arthur throwing a cup at merlin's head and i really kind of was that was one of the first times where i looked at a scene i was like that was absolutely and utterly pointless even though he was shit talking about something that was important to him and i get it but damn that's a fucking cup Shit. (laughs) i don't know if i could um would think that's the response but merlin definitely be mouthing off because he's gonna say, Oh, just think of me as a simple man. He's like, You got the simple part right. And then Arthur's like, Oh, what was that? I said the sun is very bright. And Arthur is just like, Yeah, it is. It is very bright. <laughs> they go into the tavern, order some mead, and Merlin catches the eye of the waitress, Mary. Oh, sexy girlfriend. Then this man comes in to put Mary to a shakedown. Where's my money, bitch? But Arthur is not going to let that stand. And the dude is like, I'm going to whoop your ass. And Merlin's like, I'd like to see you try because he ain't even got up. (laughs) He's like, yeah, Arthur can handle that guy. However, he then calls in about 25 of his squad. And Arthur's like, Merlin, you had to open your fucking mouth then they meet Gwen, who joins the brawl. is the one that actually kicks it off because he likes the odds is what he says later what makes me so so angry is that in the same scene they show merlin doing magic without speaking however we have another moment where he's close to people and he's same magic out loud and then a bench goes flying where he is nowhere near standing near it and for some reason this is supposed to be inconspicuous versus if it was i don't know <laughs> just a creative flaw that continues to bug Gwen saves arthur's life from a knife takes it in the leg instead before he cracks his head on a table and falls unconscious. He puts the man in the stocks for everyone to throw shit at and he declares himself as Prince Arthur. And if these people try to give you any problem, Knights for Camelot will be here within the day. Gwen is taken care of by Gaius, but ain't too impressed that he saved Arthur's life because he's a noble and he ain't down with them. And definitely doesn't want to be thanked by the king nor rewarded he has everything he needs he just wanted to get into the impossibility of said fight because he's a bit of a daredevil knights are arriving in camelot for the melee and the man arthur humiliated goes to a sorcerer with his friend to get some items some crystals and a blade so that he can get revenge on arthur so y'all see how gwayne's supposed to look because when he got out that bed and his hair was flowing, I was like, oh lord. <laughs> it's like, oh my, oh my, oh my. And then as Gwen is walking through the town, he spots Gwen. He sees a few ladies, but Gwen is the one that definitely caught his attention the most and tries his best to spit game at her, but she ain't having it because her heart's already taken. But she also appreciates his effort and that he knew when to stop. She also knows any man that's moved is a playa. Of course Merlin is pimped out to the other knights to take care of them. A Sir Oswald, and I can't remember what the other guy's name was. Apparently they would have been kinder to Merlin instead of the impersonators according to Gaius. And then he spits his food all in Gaius' face because he said Arthur is good to his servants and not all people are like that. I feel like Merlin always be laughing at that aspect, but he legit be showing up in an Arthur's room like, so you ain't done nothing today. What have you been doing? And has no answer. He don't even try to cover himself because he knows that Arthur wouldn't do shit to him. And that is what Gaius means by, no, yeah, sure, Arthur throws shit at you so be it but your ass went missing and Arthur went there to look for you you was dying and Arthur went to go put some poison out there um you don't do your job most of the time and Arthur don't even fucking care other than to throw shit at you when he really could have just put you in a dungeon or had you executed a long time ago because you be slacking just slacking Gwen comes to Merlin because his Ward Gwyn has ran up an enormous tab at the tavern, but he ain't got no money to pay for this liquor. He did it just to piss off Arthur and have him pay for it because Arthur did extend his hospitality, and he's a noble, so he hates nobles. Drunk, they get back to Merlin's, and apparently they find out, or he finds out, Merlin, I should say, that Gwyn's father was a knight, which makes him a knight by blood. And that he died in battle penniless. And then when his mom begged the king for help was turned away. And the two bond over the fact that they barely knew their fathers. With Gwayne never meeting his. And Merlin only meeting his one time. And he died a year ago. So they also understand that kings be fucking up their relationships with their father. Because they both <laughs> were definitely turned away by their kings arthur isn't upset uh that he's late to work this is what i mean like what he's like are you okay um are you sick did you oh okay so i'm not mad that you're late however this fucking bill what the deuce then he's like oh it was Gwen, you said you know to extend hospitality he's like four things of four dozens of pickled eggs which sounds disgusting by the way and somebody is shitting right now and it probably smells like a 20 year old sewage and then he puts Arthur which I thought that was smart like uh yeah you are gonna pay for it especially when Merlin says I will pay for it yeah by working because that's the only way you can pay for it motherfucker <laughs> they are to polish all of the army's boots and even at this point Merlin's like this is actually kind of fair because you spent like three thousand dollars (laughs) bruh you treated yourself and the entire town what the fuck and then they bond some more over their barely known fathers and Gwen says titles don't matter it's about who you are as a person and that's why he refuses to take his up even though Merlin says 50 times this episode why don't you just tell people who you are The bully guy tries to come for Arthur 101 in the yard as Sir Oswald but gets his ass handed to him real quick and he's like you can keep your money because I'm going to whoop your ass. Merlin tells them that something is afoot and of course when I say them I mean Gwen and Gaius. And he himself must be the only one that does anything about it. Saying, you know, I'm the servant. You will get busted. But guess what? Gwayne is good at sneaking around. You are not Merlin. So yeah, you should have let him handle it. But he didn't. And he gets busted. And they're about to whoop his ass when Gwayne shows up. And finally reveals that he got them sword skills for real. And he handles both knights very well showing himself to be even a better swordsman than say Arthur because Arthur's really good but I think what Arthur has always been able to acknowledge is when someone's better and he likes that like I want to fight up against someone that is much better because that's gonna get me much better he likes that I like the fact that he doesn't <laughs> have put his pride above wanting or you know acknowledging better uh, partners. But he shows off his sword skills and the knight's word against the civilian is enough to get Blaine hoisted before Uther who of course is an asshole and is ready to have him executed but Arthur vouches for him saying he's also my guest and that I can say he's a good man. He saved my life. This execution should not be it and this is enough to convince Uther to banish him even though gwayne was hella disrespectful the entire time he was not helping his case Gwen again was looking fine with his hair in his face sploosh when he was talking to merlin saying you know it's fine merlin's like i'm gonna miss you because you know i ain't got no friends <laughs> but he says at least arthur is someone worth dying for and you were right about him He then runs into Gwen in the hallway, who's looking pretty in pink, who gushes about Arthur and how he'll be a good king one day and he's loyal and he'll repay his debt. And Gwen immediately picks up the fact that she's in love with him and she tries to play it off. And he's like, yeah, well, at least I know that you didn't pick me because of him. I also appreciate the fact that they had a good looking man coming to town and he was looking at Gwen like, girl, I, you know michelle could have got some of that attention in the walking dead before she hooked up with rick like i know someone had to been looking at that ass like oh i got to get me that okay and not ezekiel after the fact y'all could kiss my ass with that i appreciate the show showing that gwen is a prize and yes anyone can get her and she don't have to settle for no one, cause Gwen was fine, and I would attack that. I honestly don't know how she do it, cause it's kind of hard saving all her love for Arthur when uh, you know it might not even come true. She still is dreaming, but at the same time, you can still be getting fed in the places you need to be fed. So like what I would do, but this is Arthurian times, and it was all about being a maiden. Okay, moving on i did also like arthur breaking down to merlin because he don't have to explain himself but he's getting ready and he's like look this melee is important to me i know you think it's just a sports jockey thing but it shows that he is fit to lead his people and merlin's like okay i'm sorry he don't say those words but he says i know in a way to say yeah i shouldn't have made fun of that and that's why i got something thrown at me Gaius in the crowd once the melee starts and it looks like Arthur is um, being ganged up on. He gonna turn to Merlin and say, you have to do something or Arthur is dead. God damn nigga! Why do you need to say things I already know, Gaius? Arthur is not alone in the melee though. He has an ally and help from Gwayne, who he doesn't know is Gwen until... Merlin looks into the camera and says, there's only one person I know that can hold a sword like that. I was like, oh, I so did not need that scene. (laughs) I didn't need that at all. But it's two on one against Arthur because Gwen had been knocked down, but he gets up and assists his friend. Arthur is stabbed uh, by a sword. However, uh, Gwen saves him from being murdered in the melee and there was nothing that Uther could do about it and then when it's just those two he concedes right away choosing not to fight to the end and then Gwayne reveals himself and he's like I should have known no one fights like you I cannot believe that Uther would have Gwayne executed and had the guards surround him just because I felt he's being petty at that moment oh yeah my son didn't win versus Oh, I mean come on your eyeballs had this thing. It's, it showed even though I did love when guys was like I wouldn't be so quick to be executing people motherfucker like you always do because guess what sorcery was afoot <laughs> and then you just have Arthur looking at his dad like so once again Gwayne saved my life that's twice now and then he still had the caudacity to continue to banish him and overlook the fact that he got in the melee because he's not of noble blood even though at this point Gwen, just fucking say you're of noble blood i get you don't want to be recognized at that point but you're kind of just being as stubborn as as uther in this moment but who also be ridiculously stubborn is merlin because arthur comes and tells Gwen this and he's like oh arthur you have to talk to him what did you think he was doing in there you thought he was just listening you say some stupid shit but Gwen immediately accepts understanding more than Merlin does that hey I really have skated by and I don't even stay in one place anyway although I like Arthur I don't want to be a knight under Uther who would want to be he clearly has tried to have me executed he's quick to judgment no he's gonna head to Mercia He's like, that's an unsafe place. Sounds great for me. <laughs> and love the ending as they're watching Gwen leave, Arthur and Merlin. Arthur gets all jealous, like, they seem friendly <laughs> when he stops and talks to Gwen. And then he's talking to Merlin about how Gwen can't be at night and the rules. And then Merlin turns it on Arthur by saying, You know, oh, she could do better, huh? Or he says she can do better. And he's like, oh yeah, she should definitely aim higher. And Arthur's like, yeah. Then Merlin's like, but those those rules. (laughs) It's like, Merlin, shut up. But I love seeing Gwen laugh because we don't get enough of that. Uh, And even Merlin was starting to fall under her spell watching Gwen get a farewell kiss on the cheek. Like, oh, I wish that was me. And that is how we ended the fourth episode of the third season moving into the fifth the crystal cave written by julian jones again directed by alice charlton this debuted october 9th of 2010 and i gave this one a slightly less rating of 8.2 out of 10 it was well directed it was on the whole well written as well even though it was frustrating (laughs) very very frustrating because Merlin just can't he can't help himself I don't know how many times he needs to be told the witch needs to die but Merlin can't do it he just can't he's too damn fucking soft and he doesn't comprehend what the magic people are trying to tell him because he don't think past anything besides his own fucking guilt and everyone else's grief he's just too much So we start the episode outrunning some bandits. Arthur and Merlin, they stumble into the Valley of the Fallen Kings that is cursed. And Merlin can feel it. Arthur is shot in the back with an arrow. How Merlin got him away, I don't know. Didn't really care. And Merlin should have taken that damn arrow out. Because he's sitting there at death's door. All Merlin can do after all this tutelage years years under gaius is make a fucking uh rock and some leaf and heat it up what the hell is that supposed to do <laughs> how about stop the bleeding sir <laughs> couldn't stop laughing as he kept looking at that damn hole in his back and i was like you didn't even lift the armor you ain't done why didn't you at least put the heat on the back i don't know get a cough against the wound anything besides looking at this deathly ghost boy talking about I don't know what to do then he tries to do some magic to heal him but his magic ain't strong enough and then he goes to a little bitty pond and starts to cry <laughs> useless <laughs> just... oh. <laughs> he can call the great dragon to save Morgana but fucking his actual destiny fuck it I'm just gonna cry okay now that I've stopped dying oh lord Whew. that was funny that came over me just very suddenly as hysterically comedic man just pop up out of nowhere and like why you crying boy (laughs) why you sad my friend is gonna die he's like oh i can tell you he ain't gonna die today it's not his destiny my name is talisian by the way and i know who you are i don't call you merlin i call you emrys and that their meeting has been preordained and destined And he saves Arthur's life immediately, who will be fully recovered in a few hours if memory serves well. And Merlin's like, what does that mean? He's like, well, just follow me. Don't ask no questions. Then Merlin just continues to ask a whole bunch of fucking questions. (laughs) When they finally get to the Crystal Cave. And he is told this is the place that magic was born. Merlin's like, that's cool. Why are you bringing me here? Um, well... What are you seeing? I'm seeing some images. (laughs) He sees Morgana with a crown on her head. He sees himself as an old man. And the guy, Telesian, is like, Why don't you take a look? And then Merlin realized, I've been down this road before. Isn't this like that other crystal I had? Yeah, it's from this exact same place. Okay, so that was no good for me last time and wants to leave but then talisian tells him this may be a pivotal moment there may be a reason you are being brought here at this time it was just to so y'all in case y'all didn't realize or or, or you may think a different reason my thought is the reason was this is your second chance to kill the bitch and merlin fucked up <laughs> we're like we're going to arrange the cosmos and give you a second chance to inadvertently since you can't you too much of uh you know you're still a boy you can't kill her outright murder her fine sure we're gonna let you accidentally kill her (laughs) and let destiny play out the way it's supposed to and i'm even gonna save arthur over here and what does merlin do he don't see these things he is just so focused on his own vendettas his own emotions what he can't deal with oh other people sad, and that's life oh but i knew this was a setup because he knew it was a setup he's like ah this, this ain't shit we should be fucking with messing with the future but the man's like just look and he says use what you see for good how how can you use what anyhow he sees Morgana killing Uther, or so he seems, or what he thinks and interprets it as her with a knife. You see, it looks like blood is coming. I love that they subverted that and it was wine. A horse, startling that she's trying to control. And I'm just like, Merlin, your job is Arthur. Why do you care so much about protecting Uther? <laughs> He snapped from enraged, driven Emrys looking crazy as fuck on that (laughs) that rock waiting for Arthur to wake up to Merlin real quick when Arthur threw something at him and made a quick joke. Then Emrys took back charge and was like, okay, so let's go. And then he's like, well, I got some questions. Okay, but let's go. I'm the one that gives orders. Okay, you good? Because let's go. (laughs) then arthur's wondering what happened like uh i thought i had an arrow in my back how did that mysteriously i only have a bruise now it was really sad when merlin told him you knocked yourself out then praises merlin saying you did a good job back there merlin doesn't say anything (laughs) he's like i miss your prattle he's like you're doing enough for both of us he says, maybe I should give you a reward, and Merlin says, peace and quiet would be it. And even still, Arthur goes into court and gives Merlin credit for help with the bandit and Gwen's like oh way to go but Merlin can't stop being his feelings side eye and Morgana as tomorrow is her birthday celebration at least Gaius got info that the man he saw Taliesin was a seer and he died 300 years ago but it would seem that he was killed by the great kings of old and that the cave was the source of his prophecies Gaius tells him that the crystals can be very treacherous. Next day, Merlin sees Morgana with her horse. Hears Arthur is going to get her a dagger as a present and freaks the fuck out. Relax, don't you do rest when you want to go to it. Relax, don't you do rest when you want to come. Relax, don't you do rest when you want to suck it to rest. guy guys who's like i thought we discussed this shit last night it's a horse he's gonna get her a dagger i think maybe you are jumping into the deep end you know who else had this problem my name is barry allen i am the fastest man alive however he goes to see arthur who shows him the present after he completely has no excuse for why he hasn't pressed his outfit for the night and Arthur just takes it in stride because he's used to his servant being absolutely garbage and shows him it's just a undecorative little knife and puts the idea in his head that, you know, women like pretty things. <laughs> he then goes to the feast and comes out his room thinking he was special, saying, how do I look? And Guy said, same as you always do. Shots fired. Gaius is really starting to treat merlin like an unwanted house guest <laughs> he was feeding him some dubious soup earlier talking about his best not to ask <laughs> then they be looking at him like he's a hysterical child all the time like you keep bursting up in here like boy he's <laughs> like oh you gotta glow up don't fuck it up i know it's morgana's party you clearly talking about you are gonna have a good time sure Okay, I'll sure you'll be back acting like a dumbass <laughs> in the next 30 minutes. At the feast, Merlin watches Morgana get the bedazzled gift due to him, and he runs back to Gaius. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Oh everybody stay calm! What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the
1: procedure? Stay calm! F- f- wait, 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 wait. Oh everybody,
0: f- calm down! Merlin is on it. He's like, nope, it's game time. He wants to stalk her day and night. Gaius is like, this is madness. It don't even follow. He's like, I'm going to take first watch. And he's gone. Hiding in a little cupboard by her room. He's crazy. Gwen gives Morgana her presents, And she gets a mirror from a name she doesn't recognize. But Morgana does. And then to get her ass up out of the room, but also hopefully to be kind of nice, she gives her a very pretty handkerchief. The mayor is a request to meet Murgos in the woods. So let's just make it known murder was not on Morgana's mind this night. Not whatsoever. However, that's what (laughs) fucking Merlin tells himself. So, he assumes this is the moment she's going to kill Uther and uses his magic to stop her. But this causes her to slip and fall and brutally hit her head. She's not breathing so well. Arthur tells Gaius to save her, but then is kicked out of the room because he needs room to do his work. Turns out she broke her cranium and is bleeding inside the brain. Merlin leaves the room because he feels all guilty. Then Gaia finds him later in his room and says, This isn't your fault, Merlin. The lies. The lies. Merlin really thinks he stopped something much worse from happening. Oh, you did not. And this is Merlin's problem. <laughs> mainly because i feel merlin doesn't think that people who have magic can be evil like he doesn't even understand that the guy talisian may be setting him up to use him as a pawn to do something treacherous like murder the bitch that should be dead a long time ago as the great dragon told him like this is what needs to happen and we're trying to do our best to help you along but i also have to think on the other hand if you are of the magic community why wouldn't you want morgana to ha- be a failsafe? one uh she has magic whereas arthur does not <laughs> he's born of magic though we do know that two um she as we find out in this episode has the right why wouldn't they put their eggs in both baskets that's why i feel like the treachery came in it's like merlin you could do you are And they even said it when he went in the cave, like these crystals are going to show what's a possible futures for you and you alone. And I think that's where it becomes a very curved road for Merlin in this episode. Like he could have went left or right. If he went left, he would have had a higher probability of a great outcome for himself and what he's trying to accomplish. If he goes right, well, he's going to make himself another future And you know that's what happens in a fucking timeline. It's like, uh, you can't mess with the timeline because these are forces above you as Gaius warns him at the end. You playing with shit you don't understand. Merlin sees Gwen being comforted by Arthur because she's crying and vice versa. Then Arthur's grief over his adopted actual sister. (laughs) Merlin then overhears... This whole ass conversation, because he in his bedroom, and apparently Uther did not, uh, he just trusted Gaius that ain't nobody here. And maybe uh, Uther don't give a shit, because every time he's alone with Merlin, he'd be spilling his guts to him as well, as if he is Gaius's second. Like, yeah, you must know all the secrets. Merlin overhears Uther say a few things that are absolutely tragic. The first being, you need to save her. You must save her. No, I don't think you understand. Maybe there's some shit in the old religion. And guys, is like, what? Because this is the most hypocritical shit I have ever heard in my life. You have been murdering people for magic. And you want me to use magic to cure her. And you're all about it. You give your blessing. And then he spills the tea about his affair with her mother, Vivian. And reveals that... She is, in fact, his actual daughter, and that the people must never know, but twitching Morgana certainly does. However, Gaius went in Merlin's room like a gossiping hen because all the judgment coming from both of them like no wonder he treats her and lets her do whatever the fuck she wants and you got Merlin going, this is shameful, just absolutely shameful. (laughs) Merlin then goes to the king to give him an elixir to keep his mind off of things. They should have just gave him a blunt. And he decides to spill his guts even more, talking about you're Gaius' boy. He's my guardian, but he treats you like a son. So let me tell you about being a parent. We see all of our children's faults and feelings through us and blah, blah, blah. He wants his baby back. Arthur is angry in training, taking it out on a mannequin in the rain. Gwen is by her lady's bedside. Gaius points out she will be dead by morning. He calls the dragon for help, who tells him changing the future is fraught with danger. Another warning that this should not be messed with. He says Morgana is dying. Then you should rejoice, <laughs> he says. Because despite him not wanting to do it like this, or he never intended to, he was just trying to stop Uther. What? Oh. Merlin... What do you think is gonna? How do you think you're gonna stop someone from killing someone else if you don't kill them? You don't. You don't think she's gonna try again? Oh, I'll be there to stop her. But you almost did not in this entire case and said, "Oh, I wanted to." Pick my put my hands around Merlin's neck and shake him. And as the dragon tells him in this scene, all the evil that comes after this is on you, bitch. It's all on you. Because he straight up commands the dragon to basically cure her. After he refuses, says, I will not. Then he says, As a dragon lord, I'm telling you. And he says, How dare you abuse your power and show me this disrespect? And now you just lost your last damn ally. Because you keep trying to save someone who cannot be fucking saved. Morgana is awoken because he goes in there and kills her, cures her, not kills her as he should. And clearly, Uther thinks Gaius did magic despite Gaius denying it. And even Gaius knows. And you get this very organic moment for Morgana right she's just been at death's door she heard some shocking news in her sleep not only that you've heard this man risking everything in his kingdom to bring her back right that shows love concern uh a willingness to accept magic in a certain situation when it comes to her and I think this would have been a moment for Uther to have written uh his wrongs right Righted his wrongs however Uther is still shit so when she reaches out thinking you know you've always been good to me I think all of that was sincere like you you love me you treat me as a good guardian and you can see she wants to be acknowledged as his daughter in some way thinking this is the path to that now that you've almost lost me maybe this is the moment which you have accepted who I am and and will be better from here but it's all a facade Behind closed curtains Uther is a kind gentle man but in front of the world she is his ward will always be his ward and will never threaten Uther or not Uther Arthur and his right to the throne as well as he's never going to he's hes disowning her as she says a little bit later on and I think his fate is sealed at this moment. Murgos makes her way into the castle kills one of The servants and makes her way to Morgana, being like, I waited for you and you didn't show up the other day. And she's like, There's a lot I need to tell you, but first and foremost, I am Uther's daughter. And Mergos, I think this is why I always like Mergos, is much more strategic, right? She's not about, like, even in the beginning, she had no beef with Arthur. Like, if Arthur needs to go down, Arthur needs to go down. And apparently, to get put her ass on the throne that's gonna be something that might need to happen if Arthur don't step aside which why would he but at the same time she's not all hey let's do something crazy and rash right now because she tells her sister not to do so she's like this is a legitimate right to the throne we have leverage here much more than we did before we're not usurping anything we actually this is our birthright or at least her sister's birthright and leaves when the castle bells start to ring. Merlin realizes his vision has been misinterpreted. Oh, now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. You have fucked up now. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. 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 Everything Merlin did was for nothing. Morgana is stronger than ever because Merlin tries to stop her. She knocks him back in unconscious and he is nearly able to save Uther's life. Uh, I thought they should just go ahead and <laughs> I don't get, I still will never understand. I get Arthur with sad, okay, but people die all the time and in this case, they don't need to know i mean it wasn't by magic this was all natural <laughs> it was the perfect out and merlin's just too stupid to understand or take it and then Gaia says what done is done however i am pretty sure that morgana knows that she is uther's daughter and now arthur needs to be careful because he is in Perel as he is the only thing that stands between her and the throne and that's how we end the episode and thank you Merlin for making your job 10 times harder than it needed to be as you always seem to do and with that let's head over to the feedback (laughs) Want to send feedback, you could send that by two forms, written or audio to couch at gmail.com. First up, we have Queen Shy.
1: Hey, Christina. You know, there is times in one's life when one is watching a show, one is enjoying said show, and then you come across an episode that literally... Makes you want to pull every single hair out of your head. Take the TV that you're watching this show on. And throwing it at someone. That's how frustrating episode 5 was for me. I kid you not. I was so, so frustrated after watching that episode that. For a slight moment, I just contemplated, do I even want to watch this show anymore after that? Of course I'll watch this show. But that's how mad I was. For a brief moment, I actually contemplated that. But before I get to that amazing, amazing episode, let's talk about episode four. A much, much better episode for me for my sanity for my enjoyment. Yes. Let's talk about that first before we go to the dark side. So, we find Arthur and Merlin go into some random tavern. I guess Arthur felt like slumming it for the day. And so, they go to this place to have a drink. For author to be incognito for the day take a break from being the prince and they find themselves getting into some shenanigans and there we meet the lovely queen. correct me if I'm wrong Christina but isn't this the one that you said from that dreaded cursed episode or cursed show I should say that was um supposed to be this amazing looking dude that wasn't it from curse is that the same guy because i can definitely get on board with this gwayne if that's the same guy if he's supposed to be this amazing looking beautiful being because yeah homie had it going on So he comes to Arthur and Merlin's rescue because Arthur decides to try to save the day and is quickly outnumbered and uh yeah so we are introduced to Gwen who gets injured in the mate in the I was gonna say melee which we get later on but in the fight and um yes we have Merlin being extra again with his magic i cannot believe no one saw a thing and suspected a thing the way he was using his magic in this fight in this fight scene but okay i will i will roll with it you know and after the next episode i'm gonna roll with this i'm gonna go with this this is the least of my issues (laughs) when it comes to merlin so yes i will give him a pass And I'll even side with Merlin when it comes to his thought process, when it comes to uh, this melee thing that they're doing. I don't get it either, Merlin. I don't understand how hitting each other with blunt objects is somehow entertaining when you're risking life and limb to put on a show. I mean, I get what Arthur's saying, you know, it's to prove, you know, he's a capable of leading. I know the purpose behind it, all that good jazz. But to me, eh, uh, not my cup of tea. But hmm, I guess, you know, for people in today's world, football, UFC fighting is not people's of tea today so I get it this was the football and whatever brutal sport of their time now I know we talk about Arthur you know getting on Merlin and I agree with you Christina I mean yeah for a servant you know Arthur, um, Merlin is pretty mouthy for a servant and yes he gets away with a lot of things that the typical servant doesn't get away with but I will also say that was really jacked up I didn't find it funny when Arthur threw that cup and it hit um, Merlin upside the head. That was jacked up. I'm like, uh, okay, that's not funny. That's a tad bit too far. It's because he don't buy into this melee thing. I will say the bright spot is having the pleasure of getting many, many scenes of Wayne's body they were more than happy to show us shirtless Gwyn in this episode and I am here for that. I like how he and um Merlin bonded. I thought he and Arthur would, but uh, it makes sense that it would be him and Merlin cuz he's not noble he's not considered of noble blood, so he would hang out more with Merlin than Arthur. Um, so yeah, I like their friendship, their budding friendship, you know, them bonding over, um, the loss of their father, and trust me Merlin, especially after episode 5, I really do wish your father taught you a little bit more stuff, because damn, that's all I'm gonna say about that. We get Gwen trying to mack on Gwen, um, of course realizing later on that, yeah, Gwen is taken uh yeah so you, you need to move on fella you need to move on and the final scene with the two dudes that were called themselves i guess feeling insulted at the tavern fight and they decide to take on the <clears throat> be or you know, take on the faces or bodies of knights and infiltrate the melee and try to kill Arthur, which we've sort of seen this type of a. Uh, story before um yeah that didn't go well Gawain ended up not leaving cause he was banned from Camelot because of that scene with Mer- oh yeah that reminds me Merlin I tell you you had one job go in there for one thing and then homeboy sees the crystal and then starts looking at that and then I'm like of course you know nobody can wake up from people lurking in their rooms but Merlin decided to take it a step further and peep the crystal on the guy's chest while he's sleeping like okay seriously Merlin um that's probably not a good idea but of course we're talking Merlin and he's picking up this crystal like this dude is not gonna wake up any minute (sighs) anyway I got I'm already gonna complain about Merlin in episode five so let me move on so Wayne comes to the rescue and helps Arthur out at the melee he is pardoned but is banished from Camelot and he rides off into or walks off into the sunset hopefully for us to see him again i'm hoping that that's a breadcrumb to future stuff with him um so i hope we see you again gwayne bye bye now to my favorite episode and yes that is sarcasm all right it starts out like any other episode just your normal run-of-the-mill Arthur and Merlin running from some roads or whatever they are, um, into this mysterious place called the Fall of the Kings. Some something I don't know. Anyway, some enchanted place. Of course, it, it was funny how Arthur is saying, "Trust me, Merlin. Trust me, Merlin." And then, yeah. <laughs> that's not working out for them and Merlin saying if you say trust me one more time and I'm like I'm with you I'm with you Merlin because yeah it ain't working out um Arthur gets shot up uh with an arrow he's dying this guy named Talison, um the sorcerer comes out of nowhere helps out Merlin to heal Arthur in exchange he says come with me they go to this crystal cave Merlin unfortunately sees the future where Morgana is killing Uther of course he didn't want to do it at first because he learned his lesson from the last time he was exposed to the crystal so but he did indeed look at the future saw what the future held freaked out about it was a butthole to Arthur on the way back to Camelot which again just reminded me of what you said Christina about how Arthur I mean Merlin is not your typical servant because he was definitely very mouthy during that walk home which begs the question why were they walking but I don't know anyway so they get back to Camelot Merlin is still bothered by the visions that he saw, and so he's decided he is going to stop this future. He's going to do everything in his power to stop this future, and there we go. And from this point on, it just went downhill. Actually, before I get to that, I had a question, so hopefully you can answer this, Christina. Did they ever explain why they call Merlin Emerus? Because I know that Mordred called him that. And now this guy, Taliesin, is calling him that. And I don't recall them ever explaining why he's being called that. So if you know the answer to that, or if it's something that hasn't been said yet, then I understand um, if I find out later. I just didn't know if I missed it. All right, for one, we got Gaius. Really, Gaius? Merlin comes back, tells you this you know, vision that he saw, and your thing is to be dismissive and to gaslight Merlin. Oh, you don't know what's going on. You just, we don't know. I mean, I get, yeah, we don't know exactly when in the future this happened, but when he starts telling you these visions are starting to come true, a little more sense of urgency would have been nice, you know, because now we got Merlin going off half cock doing stupid shit you know because Gaius is not guiding him in anything back to what Mimi said in one of her feedback and you said as well Christina no we don't I mean he's (laughs) so on the one hand I mean I blame Gaius On the other hand I mostly blame Merlin I mean, you know how Merlin is. Like, why are you sitting here just, you know, downplaying what he's saying, downplaying what he's, you know, the things he's telling you, the visions he said he saw that are coming to life. Even if it's a little bit of a possibility, that's always been my frustration. It's like, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that this could be happening. So guy is just, just (laughs) be there for him, help him. Uh, Anyway, so Merlin, apparently on his own, decides that he's going to just stake out uh, Morgana's uh, room. She leaves the room. He follows her and then he causes her to fall down the stairs and bump her head. So Morgana is dying. And so... Everyone is, you know, playing their roles, devastated by her dying. Gwen, Arthur, Uther. And so I'm like, what did you expect, Merlin? Of course they're going to grieve that she's dying. You almost killed her before. What, in, in the attempt to save Camelot. And yet all of a sudden, you know, the thought of her dying and everyone grieving was just too much for you that you just had to do something which makes absolutely no sense i mean did we just not see you talk to the dragon a few episodes ago and talk about how right he is how you know he should have listened and then here we go back to being stupid merlin and going to the dragon and forcing him to uh, do something that he doesn't want to do because now you're feeling this ridiculous guilt that Morgana is dying, even though the dragon again for the millionth freaking time is warning you about what you're about to do, and it is giving you the dire consequences of your actions, of what they're that this is gonna make things worse, what you're doing, and yet you just going to force the dragon to give you the spell to save morgana i would i you know what I, i'm i'm like i i can't with this show <laughs> why i don't it doesn't make any sense i was so freaking mad this don't make no name sense for him to do that i mean i'm sorry i mean merlin just dumb you know i know mimi says it all the time and her pop and her feedback but i i mean I've not said he was dumb, even though he's been dumb, but no, he's dumb. And this episode just proved it. Because there is no way that you're going to you had I mean, of course they're going to mourn. Merlin, I mean, they care about her, but they'll get over it. They'll move on. Anyway, and then, of course, the other bombshell, um Uther is Morgana's father. Of course, I was shocked. I mean, I I had no idea. Maybe maybe that's part of the myth of or the the story but i don't know about the author's story the morgana story so him being her father was a surprise of course she can hear so i'm like how is she dying but she can hear what's going on and and uther saying that he's her father and so now that just adds on to it now you got morgana you know Merlin saving Morgana because everyone is upset about her dying like let the bitch die like the dragon said let the bitch die excuse my French but no let's save her and now the future that you try to prevent from happening is continuing to happen Merlin and it's probably going to be even worse than what it was going to be because you're an idiot i'm even madder because i couldn't even fully enjoy all the author gwen goodness in this episode and jealous author in the last episode that i didn't even mention because i was so irritated by episode five but yes we got a good little moment between author and gwen but it was ruined with this other shenanigans and now we have to sit here and wait and see what the consequences of Merlin's stupidity. I can go on and on about how frustrated I am, but I think I've gone above and beyond in my recording, so I will leave it at that. But uh, I'm I'm calm now, but I was so mad <laughs> during this episode. So needless to say, I did not enjoy episode five. I did like episode four and I'm ready to move on. And I pray that this is the last stupid thing that uh, that Merlin does, but I highly doubt it. So until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, shy. So we see
0: shy had some thoughts. <laughs> Didn't quite like the Crystal Cave as much as Gwen, to be expected. I am so used to Merlin. I, I actually was rather uh, enjoying the second episode. Because it, it for me since this is not my first time watching. I'm able to see how this can lead a lot of different perspectives. Of some things that happen on in further seasons. But this is definitely one of those. I would say uh, pivotal episodes in the story of Merlin. I would say this is probably the most uh, meaningful episode. Because, like I said, once you start fucking with a timeline, we know what happens. When you start fucking with a timeline, you can cause a, a duplicate timeline. And now being able to put that in a more linear um I guess image in my head makes what's to come uh, so much more uh, exciting for me. But that's of course uh, hindsight. As far as um, Merlin and this being the last time he gonna fuck up, come on now, <laughs> come on now. I think the dragon said it also. I think there's a few things that are we're setting some clues as well because you had last a few episodes back where Merlin is talking to the dragon and the dragon is telling him that it is his pension for being able to forgive that is going to basically be his downfall like that is this is a great trait but it's also your undoing and I think that is what this story is merging into and just keep in mind with the authorian legend every telling isn't the exact telling of uh de mort de arthur i may have said that wrong lamort de arthur so it's not going to be that tale this is going to be its own little thing in the same way kirsch tried to do its own little retelling of merlin they're definitely showing in this case merlin is a child (laughs) and he continues to make childish mistakes but those childish mistakes are led by something very real called the human emotion and I think that's where this show is trying to base it on but it's extremely frustrating because it's his empathy for everyone around him that is I believe what is going to precipitate uh, a certain downfall for his destiny you know you have this great thing you're supposed to do and you have this one thing that's an obstacle. Well, actually you had two things that are obstacle. Now I can understand not being able to kill a kid. Like that's rough. You can't just casually ask me that. However, Morgana was a problem and she proved herself to be a problem time and time again. We know she's trying to kill Uther. It's on your mind all the time. It's why you were so able to readily jump on the fact that this is what she was doing instead of just allowing things to play out. He doesn't do that either he just doesn't stay the fuck out of it just stay out of it if uther finds out morgana is a fucking witch so be it they ain't got nothing to do with you you are there for arthur and that is where merlin fucks up he keeps forgetting his own destiny and then as far as uh have they said anything about emrys nothing except for the fact that Mordred said that's his uh, name. Do do believe they go into that a little bit more. So I'm not going to say much. But if they don't by the end. I'll I'll give you some background on Emerus naming. But yeah. Uh, this whole thing with Morgana. It's because he became her friend. Or he was under the impression. That they were friends. And that was definitely folly. On Merlin's part. Because now he can't disengage himself from that. He still thinks that he is her friend even though he was just saying last episode oh you know i'm done with her but he's really not (laughs) so now i'm sure there's going to be a lot more hate going on of merlin and our next queen mimi's feedback so i will let her take over from here
2: What up, Christina? It's uh, Mimi. I'm just sending in my uh, feedback for Merlin um, season three, episode four and five. Um, I I enjoyed both these episodes. They were really good. Um, I feel like they had some emotional, you know, acting behind it, which was good. It's nice to see that after, you know, the, the goblin episode, it's good to see them really act and get some emotion behind it you know the goofiness so that was nice so before I start though I do want to say I remember listening uh, you know the last couple of uh, podcasts where you like say that you you I guess you called Merlin like cocky I don't remember the exact verbiage that you used but I swear whenever Merlin would say something ridiculous to Arthur like oh I'm going to protect you because you know you wouldn't make it without me like it's like I feel like he really believes that like he goes there because he feels like his magic might be the only thing that can save him sometimes which it does but I feel like he says that s- to him to sound so ridiculous that he doesn't question him anymore like I always thought it was like sarcasm it's like he doesn't he doesn't want Arthur to really believe that that's what he's saying Um, So he says it like, you know, I'm clearly the the brute around here. And without me, you'd be nothing like their banter back and forth, I guess I thought. So I never really thought Merlin believed it to be serious. I just felt like he said it as like a way to get Arthur to just leave him alone, because Arthur usually just rolls his eyes and was like, oh, this man's ridiculous and just lets it go. But if he really said, you know, I want to go because, you know, I, you know, I'm there for you. You can't tell him he has magic just in case, you know, your, you know, superior swordsmanship doesn't work. I might need to cast a spell or throw an enchantment out. So I guess I never really took it to mean that Merlin truly believed that Arthur would be nothing without him because he has to know that's not true. Like, granted, there's been times when he was wounded or, you know, he didn't quite make it. But Arthur's pretty... Um, brave and strong and he does pretty well on his own so I guess I never assumed that Merlin really believed in any of the crap he said he was just saying it to just sound ridiculous so now every time he says something I'm looking at him different so anyway that's all I wanted to say about that really excited to see that this episode was called Gwayne because I remember when we were watching Curse and you were dragging their acting choice of the character Gwayne I was like I can't imagine this character you know as attractive because the character they picked was not but then I see him and I was like okay and I swear as soon as he stepped into the scene and was like on Arthur's side I was like that's got to be the guy because he is fine he was so super fine and I was like okay this is what Cena was talking about I can get behind this actor I wish he would have stayed I wish he could have stayed but Luther's trash as usual um, I loved when he was like, he saw like the common area and he was probably thinking like, this is more my, um, my speed. I don't want to be in this castle. And then he started walking and he sees Gwen and he's like, okay, that's me right there. And <laughs> I just knew, like, I knew she couldn't, like, I guess feel this she wouldn't feel the same way as him um sharing those uh, that attraction even though she should because he is fine and I I guess I'm not saying that Arthur isn't cute but if I had to pick between the two I would go with Gwen. but that's just me (laughs) and technically since he doesn't tell anybody he's a nobleman she doesn't know that he is so he's her speed meaning that she could get with him just like Sir Lancelot I I don't know but I mean, I I didn't think it was going to go anywhere because we know how she feels about Arthur. I'm sure if he ever gets uh, like engaged, she would still just, you know, quietly be attracted to him. She wouldn't even want to be with anybody else, which I think is ridiculous. But look, hopefully we see them married at some point. I don't know if it's going to end before we see that or they get married and that's the last credit and i would be pretty salty about that i hope we get to see them as a couple together sometime down the line that would be awesome but as of right now i knew that attraction that he had to her wasn't going to go anywhere but it was cute to see that he was immediately attracted to her saying she was a princess esmeralda (laughs) you look like a esmeralda i was like oh does she and it's like I don't know if that was just the line he says to every pretty girl but it was pretty cute and it was cute the way she like politely declined his invitation because I know back then I didn't think women were allowed I don't know if it's only like ladies that weren't allowed to say no but most of the time when a gentleman like offered up his interest I don't know that I think they had to go through the father I don't remember all my history information is the bits and pieces that I've learned throughout the years. I don't study that stuff. It's, I guess some of it's interesting, but most of it just irritates me because I know that no matter what I'm reading, that didn't include me as a black woman. That, that was not talking about me. The rules and the laws did not apply to me. So I think that's that's probably why I don't like history. Just because when we see things and we hear about it, you just know that they're talking about white women like not you because your property and that didn't include anything you had to do with so maybe that's why I'm not a history buff I'm not sure just thought about that right now Back to the episode so um the gentleman that like transfer themselves with the crystal to go to the melee to kill uh prince arthur i don't know why but the whole premise was annoying as hell to me because as soon as arthur i'm not arthur i'm sorry merlin saw that the crystals is what transferred the guy into you know the the knight i don't understand why he never even like the first thought was maybe i should get this crystal off of his chest i mean i i feel like if you know it's magic and that's the only way to fix it. Why not just, like, I understand not telling Uther, but if you show everybody in the middle of the melee or before the melee starts, I don't understand why you needed to get the sword. Like, or you could have pulled it off of him when uh, Gwen was fighting him, like, or like magically pulled it off when he was yelling, saying, I would only be satisfied if he's executed. Like, there were so many other options. I just, ugh. Oh. I swear sometimes Merlin gets on my nerve and Gaius was like utterly useless as usual. I don't even know. I'm surprised at this point. Like even that stupid throwaway line he had with, you know, maybe I can convince Arthur to, you know, bow out of the the melee. Like you didn't even believe that Gaius. So why even throw that crap out there. Like you was just sitting there laxed and relaxed, sitting there like you're shooting the shit with Arthur or I'm sorry, Merlin, like y'all not talking about the demise of the prince y'all know what's happening you know who's responsible you can even you even know how the magic is happening but you just you're not even going to try and remedy that like everything about Merlin gets on my nerves sometimes and I swear this frustration just spilled on into the episode uh five um it just (laughs) he just gets on my nerve I I want to love him because he's magic but he's so stupid and it bothers me. I need someone to choke him or slap him around and get him to get his shit together. Because it's just constant. All the time, always. Now, before I get into episode five, because I kind of already like kind of spilled into five. Um, but before I do that, I have to talk about that last scene when um, Arthur saw Gwen and Gwen like interacting. Like he was talking, he was literally in the middle of making a point about You know oh gwen can never be a knight it's you have to be noble born blah 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 he didn't even finish his thought completely before he was like wait why is gwen talking to him like he was like shook like i don't understand they look friendly like (laughs) she she like smiling at another man just irked him he couldn't even like understand like he couldn't even get the coherent sentence out like why it bothered him and (laughs) it was so blatantly obvious that like him telling Merlin to shut up was hilarious like it was so cute and I swear like seeing Gwen and Gwen together like I was like oh my god like if she would just maybe even pretend to have interest in another guy I don't know what Arthur would do maybe he would you know I feel like there's always a moment in time in these shows when you know the son who's always on the father's side whether he's wrong or right gets to his point where he no longer agrees with him and he makes a stance like I refuse to listen this is the last straw you're not gonna pull me away from this it's either this happens or you know you're not my dad anymore not necessarily like completely that way but every father son relationship on tv like between like the dichotomy between Arthur and Uther like Uther does a lot of things that Arthur does not agree with, but it's going to get to the point where it is so beyond ridiculous that Arthur can't be quiet about it anymore. Like he puts his foot down and I personally think it's going to have something to do with Gwen. I, for one, am here for it. So I kind of hope that that's it. I'm not saying it's about him marrying her, but we'll see. I I just think it has something. I think she would be like the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in my personal opinion okay so let's move on to episode five so I don't necessarily have a lot of points to say it was a good episode um it mostly revolved around um you know the crystal cave and uh, Merlin seeing a prophecy Uh, I just I feel like I completely understand him seeing a prophecy and wanting to stop Morgana from killing Uther But the way he went about it was so ridiculous. Like, first of all, if Morgana is going to kill Uther, that means at some point she's going to have to be face to face with Uther. So when you were so hell bent on stopping her, why are you following her? Why not go in Arthur's or I'm sorry, Uther's room or nearby somewhere so that at least you can stake it out and stop it before that happens? Like following her was stupid. Like you you didn't even let her get close to the room. She didn't have the knife out. She didn't do anything. I don't even think at that point she was even trying to kill him. She was just trying to go see more ghosts. And you just blew her down the stairs. And okay, that's fine. That solved the problem. Okay. But then feeling bad about it and trying to save her. Like you went to the dragon. And he was so gleeful about Morgana's demise that I kind of laughed. Like It was, wasn't supposed to be a funny scene, but it made me chuckle. Because he was like, oh, great. <laughs> Kill and kill the two birds with one stone. Like she gone, Uther save Arthur could be king the right way. Okay, okay. I mean, he don't like Uther, but I don't know that it's supposed. To, I think he knows that Morgana's gonna try and kill Uther. I'm not sure. Y'all know i did not see season one, so I'm not sure. But it sounds like he knows that that was supposed to happen, and um, he was just he went about it the wrong way and. The dragon gave him the power and he saved her and then immediately she decided she wanted to kill him. Now the big ball that dropped for me, that's not the right thing, the big, I guess the, the big bomb that dropped that I was not anticipating was the fact that Morgana is Uther's daughter and therefore Arthur's sister. I don't know why, but I just did not see that coming. But when he's telling the story about Morgana's mom being lonely, like, what does that have to do with you? Like, so you you took it upon yourself to comfort her? Like, that's not an excuse. She would <laughs> have been lonely. That's fine. It happens. You go sleep with your best friend's wife and then try to pretend like you were trying to help her out. You, he's such trash. He gets on my nerve. Oh God, Lord have mercy. Anyway, when Arthur was like so sad and was like, she's like a sister to me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess he meant that, you know, figuratively, but that shit is literal. Like she's literally your sister. And like the way Arthur reacted to Uther using magic to like bring him to existence. I'm very curious to know how he's going to feel about the fact that Morgana is his sister and he asked Gaius to save her with sorcery. Now we know Gaius didn't do it, but Gaius is not going to tell Uther that it was Merlin and he's just going to go around thinking. So I'm sure at some point it's going to come out that Morgana was saved with magic and I feel like this might be (laughs) an episode I am here for because it's going to be... Arthur dragging him for, for filth again. And I love those scenes because he swears like I, I get it. I'm not saying that using magic to save a family is not is is unheard of and, and, and unexpected. But the thing that bothers me about Uther and I and I understand where you're coming from, Christina, because you're trying to play devil's advocate. But to me, let me see how I'm going to try and word this. OK, so I think I'm going to say it like this. The reason what Uther does is so despicable and, I guess, hypocritical is because to those people using sorcery, they could be using it for similar reasons because either they feel threatened, you know, it's their livelihood, they're protecting their kids, they're they're doing it for a reason. And for him to just, like, just completely murder an entire race of people because they have magic and then turn around and use it to save his, you know daughter and then even create a son like that's ridiculous it's like why is it okay for you to use it when you feel like it's needed but you won't let these people were born with magic use it they were born with it so I feel like they should have the right to determine when they use it or not now I I feel like punishing people that do wrong is what he should be doing whether they use magic to do it or they did it with their bare hands but he's literally murdering an entire group of people simply because they have magic and we found out in previous episodes that he murdered children and just drowned them whether that's you know the only way they thought to kill you know magic or not it's it's the fact that he decided he was going to be the judge and the executor I guess judge jury and executor like oh you have magic you dead you got magic you dead magic magic dead 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 like but you decide that it's okay for Gaius to use magic if it's for your daughter but somebody just born with magic just being born and you have magic you ain't used it yet but you got it so you gotta go like I just devil's advocate is not gonna work for me because I hate characters like Uther you're a hypocrite and you deserve to die and everyone that's gunning to kill you I understand why I I for the life of me don't understand why Merlin is so forgiving Morgana tried to kill you tried to kill Arthur tried to kill all of Camelot multiple times now i get that you accidentally hurt her but when you did and she was gonna die i feel like you should have just let it go i know seeing gwen sad crying on arthur was a lot and it made him extremely emotional it got to me too because they don't know what morgana is they don't know she's completely jumped on the dark side and arthur you know cares enough about her like his sister i get it but she's evil and the fact that Merlin knows that knows what it is had a warning from the dragon and so far everything the dragon said has come true I would understand if this is season one and he ain't know like oh shoot the dragon was right no you know for a fact everything the dragon says has come to pass he's telling you yes let this bitch die just let her die and you decide to go against his will. Not only force him to give you magic to save her, but just decide that, you know, you're going to listen. You're just going to do whatever you want, even though you saw the prophecy. Now, if Morgana's dead, you know for a fact that it's not going to come true. But yet you so surprised when she wakes up, she overheard that she's Uther's daughter and now she wants to kill him straight away. She didn't even listen to Morgoth. She was like, this, this bitch need to die today. Like, why are you so surprised like going to Gaius like oh my god the prophecies come true I wonder why maybe it's because Morgana is alive if she was dead dead that prophecy of her killing Uther would not be possible ghosts I guess a ghost could kill her but I feel like it would be more likely that 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 wouldn't happen anyway um I think that's all I got hold on let me let me just double check my notes here Yeah, that's that's it for me. I am done ranting about how stupid Merlin is, how dumb Gaius is. Ugh, they're so stupid. I just Gaius such a waste of space. Merlin just dumb. Like he needs to he needs to sit down, write out a plan, and then follow it because he can't just wing it because he's not capable of doing the right thing. Everything he did for the prophecy just made it come true, and when he had a chance to stop it. He just couldn't figure out that keeping her dead would would help and i i'm just so over him i hope he redeems himself soon but so far merlin get on my damn nerve and i know he's the title character but i'm so done with him at this point i'm kind of rooting for morgana and more like i want to be on their side because merlin just can't get right and i'm kind of over it (laughs) if it wasn't for arthur and gwen i would probably be on team evil anyway that's that's it for me so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out that was miss
0: mimi got me cracking the hell up (laughs) definitely on the line with shy about the episode five that seems to be a big Big one to push a lot of buttons. She liked it much better than Shy did. It was enough to have Shy's uh, hair pulled out. But yeah, um, I can't disagree with anything you said about Uther. I think you hit it right on the money. I was just playing devil advocate. I don't root for Uther. <laughs> I never had, never will. Uh, but yeah, he's just that type of character. I think in this episode, it showed even more how much of a despicable man that Uther is. And I think that Arthur, it's a it's a different situation because this is also the man that taught him to be such a better man than he is. It's it's a weird type of dichotomy there between them because it is almost as if Uther had two children, one has magic, one is born of magic, and then to his son he gives all these valuable principles and yet to his daughter he does everything to push her towards darkness i mean even disowning her that's a terrible thing like like you said how is arthur gonna react to that that he had a sister and he could not even acknowledge her this entire time which he would Immediately acknowledged this is his sister, and yet his father not only slept with a man, or <laughs> uh, slept with his best friend's wife, like you said, talking about she's lonely. Mm-hmm. Did she have a choice though? Because you're a king and she's still just a woman in the 13th century, so um, yeah, there's that and then you had a moment to where you almost lost her like you said you were a hypocrite in saying hey i would i would i love her so much i will destroy all these ideas i have of of magic to save her and then when she wakes up and the power and the danger is gone you're just like oh you know we love each other and we know it Oh, and also, I'm not acknowledging anything that really passed behind closed doors when emotions were high. And I think that really, in a lot of ways, tipped the mental balance. And I think you hit it a nail on the coffee because I feel as if Morgana's tale is so misunderstood by a lot of people who watch this show. They're so quick to judge the actions of the character and they don't take into account at all her mental state like this is someone who has been raised uh sheltered you know Think about season one like you didn't see it in season one Mimi. But her own father had her in prison in the dungeon. Because she had the audacity to call him a monster for wanting to kill Gwen's father. Just because he was in close proximity to someone who did magic. He didn't even do anything wrong. All he did was be tricked. And yet he still would be executed. And he tossed his own blood up in the dungeon. What kind of shit is that? And then after all the stuff she tries to go with the druids she even wanted to live with the druids do you remember that shit like merlin had to tell her that's ridiculous arthur uther will track you down she has no agency in her own life so even her wanting to embrace her magic life she has to be forced to be the king's ward under serious stress of thinking she'll be caught like that first year she was hella scared until she got some backbone once more ghosts came into her life and introduced herself as her sister that's when she started to have any type of sense of self now she's gotten this goal to kill Uther she has her sister but then she gets this other big revelation dumped into her lap you also have to remember that she was in love with that one dude and then on uh, in her head uther's the one that made him go away so there's so much going on there in morgana's brain in such a short period of time because i do believe while the the druids were using the shit out of her i do think that morgos genuinely cares about her as a sister and wants not only to remove uther from his crown and you know take any threats but she also wants just the freedom of her people and the tyranny to be over um she don't know that Uther or Arthur ain't gonna be a tyrant that's all on Merlin and his destiny (laughs) ain't nobody going around uh like uh Paul Revere talking about Merlin's coming with with Arthur that shit ain't happening so this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because as you pointed out she didn't even listen to Mergos. Murgos is like don't do anything crazy great you got a legitimate tie to the throat that didn't matter to her like none of the political shit it crossed her mind she doesn't care about that she wanted to kill the man who has done her so damn dirty and now has even betrayed the last good memory she has of people that loved her and then will only love her as if she is some shameful secret so her self-esteem and her fucking love of self is so fucked in this moment that even Arthur and his, I think it'd be too late for him, but maybe if this he had come out at this moment and acknowledged her, this could have been a turning point for everyone. But Uther is such a piece of shit that he doesn't. So yeah, I was playing devil's advocate, but genuinely I, I agree with you about Uther you also made a point about how, uh, where was I going with this? You made several good points. Wait, I wrote them down. <laughs> it's probably better to just look at my notes. Because see, I can't remember when I listen to just go back if I don't make some scribbles. You were talking about how a woman, uh, yeah, about women and their, with Gwen about how Uh, Gwen could have just like for for peasants bumping and grinding eh, it was you could pursue a woman you could court her but you just needed to ask the father's permission first but Gwen is a servant and she's of age and she doesn't have a parental figure in her house so she can kind of make any decision that she wants to but yeah between how they did it in high society versus how they did it in low society was much different actually one would say the peasants had it at least a little better uh, a chance at a love match uh because yeah like i said there was a courtship involved whereas in high society it was more like the fathers arranged the marriage and the courtship is basically y'all uh getting to know each other and at the end it's still the same result (laughs) that you're gonna get married (laughs) well but there was some interest you said about it's not our history see that is a misinterpretation black people have history it just needs to be found they don't teach it in a classroom it sucks but unfortunately we have to dig a lot harder for ours but it's not to say and just because they don't acknowledge it that we don't exist we exist in britain uh if you look at my dna i got six percent irish we were there folks we were there they we were just pretty much hidden in the country and then after generation after generation of intermingling with our white neighbors eventually we got fair-haired and uh the history books were erased that's what happened to our history it's not that we weren't having these conversations or being treated or being heiresses there were several black heiresses there were black uh business people in london and and irish where we had success we were out there they just don't teach it that's all there is to that so i have to correct you on that one that yes we would have been subject to the same victorian and that's only a uh, every century every generation had its uh, thing if you are in Great Britain or Europe. Now, if you go to African history, I'm sure it's a lot different. But in European history, there's usually the Arthurian times, which is this point in history where it's knights and courtly gestures. So it's not about the sexual uh, thing as much. Yeah, you really, if, as a woman, the risk of pregnancy would be so high, and you did not, and it was a very, spi- uh, not spiritual, but religious they don't tap into that that's also that really ties into the anti like how the people i was saying earlier would like totally be totally down with killing uh witches or they really believe that shit was the demon and the devil so the peasants they were pretty much subservient to the church and the church practiced or preached um monogamy so, you had sex as a woman when you married your husband. You it, Otherwise, you were considered a whore and you didn't want to do that. And then in courtly love, as which would be this Arthur period in time, it was more about the looks and the small touches and then, you know, just speaking to each other. Because once you married, in all honesty, the man was always off war and then the woman had to be smart she had to be able to take care to keep and be uh you never watch vikings so i can't make that reference but be someone that was able to govern in his absence so in a certain way women had a uh, a great deal not great deal but somewhat uh superior power in this time period than they did in say the georgian time period and then after Georgian, which we most connect with, is the Victorian period. That is where it was definitely <laughs> you were. If there was interest, you would meet at a ball. Sometimes there are arranged marriages. More arranged marriages between high society than than uh, low society. But if you were a woman and you were alone. That was pretty much unheard of. You needed a man, if not a father, then a husband. It is a little rare that Gwen would be unmarried at this point. Like, she would take any man that would come knocking in her direction because being seen as uh, unprotected left you open to all types of shit. And then that's uh, a huge S history lesson that nobody asked for but (laughs) there you go i just had to correct you on that one though i was like no 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 particularly like if you go back in because there was this fascination period too before the victorians in the georgian period where they would import black people and put them in a shit ton of portraits like it was the end thing to not own a black person but have all black uh, servants that was the trend and so a lot of households actually not as slaves not slaves uh as servants would be all black households so they didn't just ship them back off the continent (laughs) even though there were people in london that did shitty stuff like that uh they were just in the countryside and they eventually became farmers and they they entered like i said they intermarried and then as, uh, after it became the big deal about the slaves and shit, nobody wanted to really associate to be like, oh, I had a black person in my family. Yeah. They just whitewash history as a lot of white people do. But there's also a point that you made about, um, if I ever, let me see. what did I put this in my notes? Um, oh, about Merlin. About him being cocky versus... Now, I can see how you would see it like that. I think I just have maybe too much of the lines written in my brain when I'm watching the episode. He does not say it very, very often. I don't think he means it in the way to say that, no, Arthur would not be successful without Merlin. But he says all the time, like, do you know how many times I've saved you? But he tells Gaius it more times. He goes, you know... um." you know I don't get any thanks for all the things I do do you know how many things I've done for Arthur have you done this I mean he comes off vain sometimes in a way that I mean I guess I understand on one side wanting to be acknowledged for the good deeds that you do but I think it comes back to when I think I referenced last time how Gwen sees servitude versus Merlin and while Merlin does I think he he's halfway there With Servitude, he's about that life. But there's another part of him that's like, yeah, I have this great destiny. Yeah, I have this thing called magic. Yes, I can do things that other people can't do. And yet I am uh, am quelling my true identity and it frustrates the shit out of him. And then it kind of comes out as this deep-seated need to be... I don't know uh because he i i want to say rewarded but he never really asked for it. like in this episode he doesn't ask for a reward he's not even granted he's focused on something else but i don't even know if merlin deserves awards all the time he'd be slacking like big fucking time when he wants to whenever he wants to <laughs> i don't know but i find merlin to be just a bit uh vain and then even in this episode with uh, the the last th- when he was talking to Gaius where he was like you know I had to do it I had to do something but I'm like did you like the way he was justifying his own actions at first you didn't even need to justify it because like you said everybody need mama noticed this woman needs to die and if you want to protect your f- the future for Arthur as you're supposed to do why don't you just do that like morgana is not your problem uther is not your problem so we all agree on that and she talks about arthur making a stand i can't say much <laughs> i can't say anything oh i think shy said something too in her feedback and i was like <laughs> and i'm like i can't say anything about that either but i will point out that arthur has been making stands very very intentional ones when it comes to his daddy he definitely does not do everything he says like he told him last time in the that you were not going to find this dragon lord he was dead serious in front of the whole court and he said i'm going You're not doing anything to stop me. I'm not following your direction. He's actually done it at least, I believe, three or four times to his daddy's face in front of the whole damn court. Like, no, I'm not doing what you're saying. So I think Arthur is more than primed to not follow just because his father says do so. And because my neighbors are continuing to be loud as hell, so I do apologize for that (laughs) If the feedback because you know they can't not be trash i will end it here great discussion though i'm glad we had a lot of feelings coming out oh and you guys cut bringing up cursed <laughs> and i didn't address that either yes this is the Gwen i was talking about that's why i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> when i saw it that's when i knew i could not watch that show no more i'm like fuck this crap i don't know what version of merlin this is but i don't own it and i don't associate it with it at all you have been canceled kicked out never to be seen ever again did they renew that because if they did i am really gonna side out the shit out of them because they did not renew a mortel and i can tell you it was better than that show because i finished it anyhow i don't want to be bitter about that if you want to send feedback on the next episode of Merlin, you can send that to blackoutcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast, BlackOCouch Reviews, on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review and rate the podcast. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.